I do my best to live a healthy lifestyle. I try to get out there, work out, break a sweat when possible. I'm not necessarily a fitness or a, a wellness freak, but I'm just trying to be a little bit healthier every single day, which is where Sun Warrior comes into play for me. It is a plant-based, eco-friendly, performance-boosting, all things brand that I want to talk about. And it's their active nutrition line that is something that I've been messing around with over the course of the past couple of months. And it's really working out for me because with protein, creatine, pre-workout and hydration, these products are designed to optimize your performance. And I'm always up for optimizing any aspect of my life, even boosting my own energy reserves or being more hydrated after a long day in the gym or on the golf course. It really does turbocharge my recovery. It's something that I really take seriously and it's real nutrition for real life. So go check out sunwarrior.com and use code first. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bowling Branch Sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch Sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus 15% off your first order with code ODYSSEY. So head to B-O-L-L and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and today we are covering a few different things. PNC Championship, a little more on the framework getting closer to maybe a final deal between the PGA Tour and some investing suitors. To help me break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here, and Patrick McDonald is on the road. Hello, Patrick. Oh. We've got you either on mute. Wow. Tough. Am I unmuted? <laughs> I think Josh did that on purpose. I think he uh, he feels felt slighted. <laughs> Bogey. Went over after one. Tough scene. Mark Gimmelman is here. Mark, good to see you again, Mark. Hey, boys. I got my festive on. Happy festive season to all of you. Good to be with you. Yes, if you are uh, just listening and not watching on YouTube, Mark Immelman is wearing a red Santa hat with a jingle bell at the end and also red, green, and white. What would you call those? Pom-poms, I guess. Jingle pom-poms. all the way. Yeah. Pom-poms. Yes, that's a very good, uh, very good term. KP is here. Not nearly as festive, but seems like he's ready to go. Who's the most likely PGA Tour player to, wear, to play in that hat? Uh, can't lie. <laughs> Scotty Scheffler, Hovland. No, Hovland would be up for it. I think Victor would do it. Yeah. He's, he wears a lot worse than that. <laughs> that's not nice, <laughs> and also true. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad one. There's got to be some fun loving uh, Tony Finau would wear that hat. Yeah, for sure. That's a good one. Fun loving family man, somebody like that would wear Harry that. Higgs would wear two of them. Harry Higgs would wear two and no shirt. Yeah. I just wish now he's going to keep the shirt buttoned up and then he can wear that. He was in the, uh, well, that's, we'll, we'll jump ahead. We'll save that for was a little he, bit. Was, was he at Q school? Yeah. Yeah. No dice. No does, he have, does he have stat? Does he have corn fairy status? He's got to, right? I think he has to have some level of corn fairy status. Yeah. He was, I think he was like, one. he might have conditional on the PGA tour. I think like that's that. right. 
Yeah. I think that's I was dialed into Q school today. It was fun. It's so good, man. Well, and they had they had a um they did not play yesterday, which if you're listening right. to this, that was Sunday. So the as if as if the nerves weren't bad enough, now you gotta sleep on it on an extra day. Oh, I mean, and these guys like they they look so placid and calm like guys that have never you know it's one thing if you've been out there on on tour some but guys that have never been anywhere like uh blaine hale kid from went to ou i think he's from dallas just you know just strolling around like it's no big deal and earns his pga tour card today it was crazy these guys are good and hey just uh act like it's not a big deal and you'll kind of convince yourself of it little uh that doesn't that doesn't work for me rick it doesn't work for me either. You know, it actually does work for me. So this is this is this, the psychology that I use, uh, especially when I'm over a shot. Mark, I'd love I'd love your thoughts on this as well. I don't know if you'd ever teach this is I, I know I'm going to be nervous or I'm going to feel uncomfortable or whatever. But I tell myself, you know, if you don't hit a committed shot right now, if you don't commit to this, you'll actually just regret not being committed right so i i just want to i don't care what the outcome is but if i hit if i do something uncommitted i'm actually gonna be more upset about that that's a great way to look at it uh, one of the best lessons i got was from a bernard langer you've heard of him i in have fact, he and his son were pretty good last weekend um bernard said to me and sort of emotionless as you would imagine he would be like you know what i'd rather hit the wrong club in a committed fashion and make the right decision at the right club and hit it uncommitted. And that's like a lesson in uh, in life, really, but certainly in golf, because if you make some sort of a convicted pass, like the word is always like make an aggressive swing towards a conservative target as opposed to making a conservative swing to an aggressive target. Um, like Langer says, if you committed to your decision, you're likely to make a freer flowing swing and you you stack the odds in your favor. There's no guarantee but you certainly put the odds in your favor if you do that. Rick, I think I actually have the opposite problem as you. Like, I think I am too over. I think I'm too committed. <laughs> <laughs> You're too committed to the to the task at hand. I'm over committed. Yeah, I just like I'll go out on the, on the range and just be jacking around and it's everything's great. Like. There's no pressure. I don't feel anything. I'm hitting really good golf shots. And then I get to the first tee and it's like, I'm trying to just suffocate the, the club handle. Mm. Like I'm just so, I, and it's like, it's stupid because it doesn't, it still doesn't mean anything. I mean, it means more to me than the range, but it still is like, it's not like I'm playing to get in the U S open or something. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I need, I need to chill a little bit. You got to take a leaf out of a man who grew up just down the way from where you live. He was pretty good. His name's Ben Hogan. And he was asked what the most important shot in golf was. And he said the next one. And if you can approach golf in that sort of a vein. Now, Gary Player would say to me, he goes, hit every shot as if it's the last one you'll ever hit. So take on the information, pull the right club, make a convicted pass. But then swing it like Hogan said. This one doesn't really matter. It'll Its value will be defined by the following one. I could hit a 300 down the fairway and make five. Or I could hit a 220 in the fairway and make four. You know, it's the next one that's going to define the value of the shot you're over and if you can somehow adopt that mindset you'll be able to swing more freely i usually hit it 280 down the other fairway and make six <laughs> well the other one the second one off the other fairway counts 
Uh, speaking of the Langers, they got the job done at the PNC Championship. 60-59. Yeah, that'll generally do the trick. But Patrick, the lights, the cameras, the microphones were heavily tilted in favor of Team Woods, where the big cat and the kitten went 64-61 to finish T5. Yeah, it was a uh, social media manager Super Bowl this weekend. I mean, Truly. engagement galore, farming out there like old McDonald himself. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean it, it was it was cool to see. Uh, they kind of had a little run there on Sunday, made a made a string of birdies there. There was a cool little moment in the bunker on fourteen where Charlie hit this, you know, nifty little bunker shot right next to the pin, and then Tiger stepped up, almost outdid him, and. Uh, yeah, it, it was cool. I, I think just the whole whole like conversation around Charlie Woods in the woods. I, you know, I, I know Nicholas's kid was on the cover of SI back in the day too. It, it's just it's so bizarre to me. It, it really is. Like both both sides, right? Like I said, I, I don't hate the player. I hate the game when it comes to the engagement farming. I understand social media managers. They got to do what they got to do. You know, they got to get the clicks. They got to get the views. I understand that. And then I saw one tweet this weekend and I had to make sure it wasn't like a, a parody account. I thought it was, you know, from a club pro guy or something like that, but it was a, a citizen. And he said, Oh, I watched 14 year olds for the last decade. One, it sounded like this guy's should be on a watch list or, or something. <laughs> and he, and he's like, why are we so obsessed with this kid? And it's like, I think, you know, I, I, have more disdain for someone like that who looks up Charlie Wood's score and is like, oh, he's not even that good. Like, let, let the kid enjoy his moment with his old man. You know, you don't need to – you can post a couple of videos, sure. You don't need to post a 100 of them. You don't need to criticize him. He's a freaking kid, for Christ's sake. Uh, so it's just all very bizarre to me. And I understand it because it's Tiger and it's Tiger's son. But, uh, yeah, they played great. <laughs> Two things real quick, Patrick. One – I had somebody, uh, I tweeted that he drove the 321 yard green or whatever, and I had the numbers wrong, didn't do the math right, sue me, whatever, don't sue me. But uh, <clears throat> somebody responded and said, that's not that impressive. Don't you know how how far 14-year-olds uh, hit it these days? And I was like, I, I, and, and, the, and he framed it like, uh, I can't remember, it was like, uh, as somebody who covers golf, I would think, you know, how far the like 14 year olds hit it. And I was like, I don't like, that would be weird if I did. Yeah, I think like you that do. Would, <laughs> that would be very strange if I did. I, and then I think the other thing that is one of my takeaways from the week or the weekend was I think tiger tiger's done a lot of things wrong. Right. I think that's, you know, his life sort of speaks to that. But I think one thing that he's, that, I, that is very commendable as a parent that he's done very well is to protect his kids from exactly what you're talking about. You know, he talked a lot about uh, phone usage and how he's tried to like guide them and how he's tried to keep them from idiots like us. And I, I just, I, it, it seems like such an innocuous thing, but I think it's actually very commendable because it would be, it's it's it takes some like real intentionality for him to do so, and so I just I wanted to say that I think he's done a very good job of that. Uh, Rick, if you're cool, I'd love to chime in on this. Um, first off, did you see the TV rankings? 
NBC got a higher number for the PNC Championship than they did for the Open Championship. Okay, so that that's testament to Tiger. I, I will say this to what you said, Patrick. Look, it seemed to me like it was the Charlie Woods Woods show. When I switched the thing on, I was seeing more slow motions of Charlie's swing than I was of Tiger. <laughs> and, and look, Charlie's impressive. Let's not beat around the bush. But to that guy that interacted with you, Kyle, I, I'm, I'm seeing kids that hit at 300 plus ad nauseum as teenagers now. This is just what they do. Now, look, I think Charlie has the upside as a player because you can see the Tiger mannerisms. And if I'm going to copy something from Tiger Woods, it would be like the way he approaches the game zen like steady is between the ropes the way he can cut out the noise and i think if charlie is going to turn into a professional golfer one day all of this wind that he's catching right now is standing him in really good stead because the spotlight's always going to be on the kid it was the first time he played three years ago and it's only going to intensify if he gets any better reality is look he's got a big upside but he's still got a little going to go so I, I'm with you. I, I appreciate Tiger for how he's parenting Charlie. I appreciate him for the things he's impressing upon Charlie. Um, I, I'm more impressed with Tiger's daughter. I mean, she she is she looks like she's got the world at her feet. So, so anyway, Tiger is doing a good job as far as Charlie goes. There was a lot of him. I would have preferred to see some other golfers too, but it, I understand it is what it is because again, the TV rating number bore the whole thing out show charlie and tiger and you're getting the clicks and the views and stuff and that's what that's what drives the dollars you know uh definitely brings in the views and the clicks especially in uh december where golf usually slows down not so much this year patrick looking at the big cat he did not uh go as far he would not commit to showing up at tory pines at the end of january he said a couple of weeks ago at the hero world challenge in an ideal world it'd be about one tournament per month are you more bullish or bearish on that statement now after seeing him play at the pnc championship i absolutely love that car banks just straight up asked him you uh, so we'll see you at tory pines right tiger you, you ah. promised you promised us that <laughs> i don't know jim um yeah <laughs> i mean good. i mean that he was, walked the final day that was, was good patrick that was, was good it was cold kind of i don't know jim <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty it was pretty miserable during yeah. the early stages there uh at the ritz carlton and, and he looked fine his walk i thought looked better than it did in the bahamas so I don't know if he's going to play Tory. I, I think the Genesis makes a lot of sense. Uh, smaller field with the cut, uh, he's going to get in. I thought what was interesting or what is interesting, I believe Bob Herrick was the first to bring it to light, is Tiger's not in the U.S. Open. Um, mm -hmm. And he was asked about it a lot, whether he'd accept the invitation like Jack and Arnie have. I know they had uh, an invitation set for Phil before he won the PGA Championship. Uh, and... You know, I don't think Tiger's going to ask for it, but the USGA is 100% going to give it to him uh, if, it, if it comes to that. So, yeah, I think not more. I'm probably like still the same where I was after the Hero World Challenge. Six tournaments beginning in February through uh, the Open Championship, and uh, he'll be good to go. I will say his, his iron play, once again, was not very sharp. I understand it's a scramble format and you don't get a lot of those like mid long iron ish shots. It's a lot of wedges and they're using Charlie's drives, but I think there's something like, you know, he, he touched on game speed a lot in the Bahamas. He's not, he's not up to game speed yet. 
And I think you see it with those mid to long irons where he might try to be shaping a ball from the middle of the green to a pin and it's not curving as much as, as he expects it to. And he might, he might curve it enough at home, but it's not happening in competition. So that that's really what I'm looking at in, you know, come February and March before the masters. Yeah, but he's still got the hands. I mean, that bunker shot you talked about, you described that, that hit that thing in there flighted with some spin that, that speaks to a guy who knows exactly where the base of the golf swing arc is and to the speed, the raw speed, I think there's plenty. I just, I don't think Patrick, I've ne- I haven't seen him. So this is kind of my observations from afar. I don't think it has the trajectory in terms of the apex behind it that it was when he was at his very best, which is to be expect- expected because he can't push up, push off that much. But I was heartened by the way he was walking. Now, Rick, to Torrey Pines, three rounds around the south course, that is brutal to walk there it is a lot of golf course on kukuya grass so you know if it gets a little cold there that time of the year i'm not i'm not that sure we'll see tiger at the end of january i really am not uh two items there kp so i'll take something that patrick was just referring to in, in terms of the the sharpness on some of those shots and combine it with something tiger did say after one of his rounds at the hero world challenge, you know, a lot of these shots, whether it's holding something up against the wind, whether it's working it in a specific direction, whether it is flighting it at a particular uh, trajectory, he mentioned how critical it is to do that, like in competition rep and, and to actually do that on the spot, not just do it at the driving range. And it's a lot of feel and it's the feel that he hasn't gotten as of late. So that part makes sense to me. And then, um, as, as far as the, the schedule goes, uh, the sixth that I'm assuming Patrick is referring to is February Genesis, March Players, Masters in April, May the PGA, uh, June the U.S. Open, July the Open Championships. Does that sound about right? I think that's right. I, I don't know. I don't know what the... I don't know what the point of playing Tory would be, I guess. I think if you're... If you're going to play Tory, then why wouldn't you just play Bay Hill and try to try to force more of your reps closer to the Masters, right? Because uh, I, I I just I don't know that Tory is like the seventh on that list. I guess is what I'm saying. I would think yeah, it'd the, be the the only thing that's with Tory is uh, I don't even care about the record. It's just the spread out nature of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You, I'm with you. you know, API, he'd have to go API then players, which he he's not going to do that. Um, it, it just, is just, a, it's just a couple weeks of cushion, but I, I agree. There's not a ton of upside. Even if you throw out the record, I think it's just kind of the cadence of it. I think you're right. real quick, Mark. I think what's interesting, you know, cause people are like, Oh, he's going to win the masters. He's going to win a major, all this stuff. Which fine, like I, I could not disagree more. But I think if you look back at 2019 when he did win the Masters, he played, I want to say Rick five times, maybe six times leading into that Masters. Like he put, he played a lot, and he played, yeah, he played pretty well, better than I think people thought. He like he finished, uh, he was finishing like T20, T15, T25. Like he was, he was playing good. He wasn't necessarily scoring, but there were some signs leading into that Masters of like, hey, Tiger Woods is playing good golf. And I just don't, I, I don't know, Mark. I don't know how he's going to even be able to play enough to show those signs to us or to himself that he can play good enough golf to, to have any realistic chance going into any of the majors. You hit the nail on the head there, Kyle. Um, 
because he said as much after the final round at the PNC event. He goes, look, playing for money against my buds down in South Florida, it's not the same as playing um, even in the PNC Challenge, regular, let alone a PGA Tour event, let alone a major championship. So with that being said, he needs the reps under pressure. Um, but yeah, we're discussing, is he going to play in Torrey? And we all, I guess, would agree that he's not going to. But then once again, the first time under pressure is in February. So he's gone this, well, I've had some pressure in late December. Now I'm going for a whole 30, 40 days again. So it's almost like you're recrafting, rebuilding the whole thing again. So it's kind of weird. So, I mean, I would love him to play some stage in January. Just to sort of keep that, okay, I know what it feels like thing, so you can build a little momentum into the bigger events. So, but but I'm I'm in complete agreement with you. I, I think the the spread outness of the thing is is going to be the challenge. He Maybe should go play the Saudi Sony. Arabia event. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll do that. They or just Sony. played in Saudi Arabia. They, uh, the, did Asian, they? the Asian tour plays in Saudi Arabia like three times a month. I bet they do. <laughs> 300 million will do that. They just played there last week. The Saudi For sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, um, Sony would be sick. If Tiger showed up to YY, that would be absolutely sick. Could you imagine, though? It's going to be warm. It's very flat golf. Short. Yeah, it's short. Too. It, would be, it would be awesome. I, I, genu I legitimately mean that. I think it would be very cool. He should. Um, the lead-in to that 2019 Masters was – so he started – at Torrey Pines with a T20, T15 at the Genesis, T10 at the WGC Workday. That was at uh, Chapultepec. And then the players, T30, and then he won the Masters. That's kind of how my dad pronounces Chipotle, Rick. Oh, what My dad said something the other day that I was like, that is, I can't, I was like, that is not even in the ballpark. That's yeah, on the same it's not planet. It's not like one syllable off. No, it's like it's like five syllables. Off. I'm like the only person who could translate that into what you actually <laughs> meant. It to. I can't remember. What it Look was. at that. The worst, his worst score in those first, what is that? One, two, three, four. His first four stroke play events was 72. That's crazy. Oh, That's yes. really, really Sorry. impressive. Yeah, yeah 72 yeah. players. Yeah. Yeah, but you see there, there's at least an event a month leading into it. And that, that's the thing for me. Yeah. And that's where, Mark, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he looks great, right? Like, he looks, I, I think, twice, three times as good as I, as I thought he would look, as, you know, people that are realistic about this, I think, thought he would look. But one, you, he just I just don't know that he can play enough. And two, you know, I think, and, and he's kind of been alluding to this. There's only so many swings in his back, honestly, like fuse the ankle, get the, like the leg, even if the leg's fine, we keep forgetting about the fused spine, yeah. you know? And, and that's where it's like, okay, do you want to go to Tory and be hacking out of there? Do you like, how do you manage those swings over the next year, two, three, four, whatever it is? to just give yourself one sort of shot at, at maybe a last, uh, you know, contention at a major. Yeah. Well, I guess the strategy then is, and he, he won't intimate that he'll sort of drop, you know, crumbs if to say, well, this is kind of the idea. The strategy is obviously then, well, if I want to win a masters or a major, it's like, I hope I catch lightning in a bottle kind of thing. Whereas 
on the other side of the thing, well, I'm not going to play every month and sort of get some more form running in. So uh, I sort of see where he's going now, now that you say this. Well, like I'm going to take January off. Maybe I can cobble something together, roll around April time, and it just happens for me, and I get myself into contention. I get a sniff of it all, and when Tiger, look, if he knows how to do something, he knows how to win. And when Tiger's on the leaderboard, he has one of those sort of presences about his name on the board where other folks kind of fall over in front of him, like we saw at the 19 Masters. Yeah, Poulter so, and Finau. And yeah, so maybe that maybe that's the approach. I'm just going to take January off, try and get well, and then we'll see what happens. I think it has to be. I don't know if it'll work, but I think that I I think that's probably the the path forward. Yeah. Well, Tiger not only has golf on his desk i think tiger has a desk at home i think he has a, a desk that he sits at gets work done mm, no. signs papers no yeah i think it's like a glass top though not no, like he's... a rich mahogany like no, he's, he's, he's got a he's got a he's got a desk but it never gets used mm. my brother's it's always too my brother's got the sweetest office you could ever imagine he goes in there like once a year for a podcast appearance yeah i was gonna say i've seen it i've seen his background on like three no. podcasts ever mm -hmm. but I, it's always funny seeing like famous rich famous people's homes like on architecture digest mm -hmm. you're like you've never been in this room you don't even know what's in here <laughs> yeah and in this room is yeah. as i'm opening the door looking around uh yeah. oh there's, there's, a, there's a bed in here <laughs> yeah that's where i like to decompress you know <laughs> get away from the family <laughs> well anyway if tiger does have things coming across his desk it is because of the ongoing merger will they won't they we'll discuss that and much more but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex oh <laughs> heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived spring spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the hyundai you've always wanted visit the hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning hyundai models like the tech-filled tucson and kona as well as the spacious palisade enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with america's best warranty and three years or thirty-six thousand miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the hyundai getaway sales event now get zero percent apr or up to fifteen hundred bonus cash on the hyundai tucson now during the hyundai getaway sales event offers end soon call 562-314-4603 for details Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. And we're back. Uh, KP, before we jump into this, I finished uh, listening to NS3. Yeah. And I was laughing out loud because about a week ago, I was trying to explain to Armina how Bryce Harper once pronounced the word meme. 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 And I lost it when that made its little, it, it was in there. And I was like, oh my God, that's like, a, it's the greatest moment of my life. I think about it all the time. He's, he, uh, yeah, I was just as I was reading, I would either like just start laughing and just leave it in there, or I would say stuff that wasn't in the book because whatever, I can do it. It's my audio book. And I thought when I was saying the word meme in there, I thought about the time. I think he was on SVP, right? I thought it, it was, he was. I thought it was in a locker room, like in the locker room after games. Like, oh, I don't know, but maybe I'm maybe I'm confusing that with that's a clown question clown, yeah you are you're you're conflating clown question i think he was on svp and he said meme he called it a meme which is the which is sort of the audio version of never having been in one of the rooms in your house right yeah. and uh <laughs> it was like i never i will never forget what that sounded like because i've no it's like it's like uh patrick's dad trying to uh, pronounce chipotle <laughs> it was really confident that's the thing he's very confident in it can we show that uh producer josh can we can we if we can pull that up that would be extraordinary because right. it is it is the best josh if you if you ever get a, a a handle on that let me know we'll we'll throw to it uh while we're talking about the big cat and some golf the reports are coming out hot and heavy and it's not just with the piff patrick the piff patrick Another acronym has made its way into the fray. Strategic Sports Group is reportedly prepared to invest $3 billion, with a B, into the PGA Tour. This is a group of U.S. sports owners, includes Arthur, uh, Arthur Blank, John Henry, amongst others. And it seems as if the PGA Tour wants to get let's say this three bill and another 3 billion or 2 billion or some billions from the PIF. I'm, I'm thinking uh big J leaked this story before his big meeting with Yasser. I saw week. you, I saw you float this in your newsletter acronym boy over there, just throwing uh, out some theories. You, you, po you, post you postpone the meeting. Oh, we just happened to drop this on Friday with what we want from SSG. That's what the kids are calling the uh, strategic sports group. And, and now you have this meeting with Yasser. But, you know, I didn't really understand the numbers at first. Uh, my junior year finance professor, Professor Eastwood, no relation to Lee Westwood. Um, <laughs> Wait, would, is would, he would Eastwood or Westwood? Eastwood. He's, he's Eastwood, but... He's not so like an evil twin would, of Lee. I thought you were going to say no relation to Clint, but you said Lee. Or Clint. Okay. Um, or the, or the Northwoods or the Southwoods in Hollywood. Huh. I don't Isn't know. Is there a Northwoods money. Casino, Rick? There's mm -hmm. oh, there's one in Connecticut called uh is that what you're thinking of? Yeah. What is Foxwoods. that? Foxwoods. Foxwoods. Okay. Who are the Northwoods? Mm. I don't know. 
Oh, okay. Um, but so I, I was reading uh, Joe Ogilvy. I don't know if you've heard of this guy, but uh, yeah, he's a Duke grad, and you know, you know that old saying where it's like, if a tree falls in a forest and no one's around, doesn't make a sound. That's kind of like Duke grads, I think. Like, if they don't tell anyone they went to Duke, did they actually? Did anyone actually go to Duke? There we go. Situation. Hey. Um, but he went to Duke, and he's a very smart guy. Member of the PGA Tour for a while. He's. You Do you know, know him, Mark? Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's get him on. <laughs> so, hey, hey Patrick, what, Patrick, he does pass the eye test. I can. Well, what what he what he tweeted out was valuable information because it was not in any of the articles whether the valuation was pre or post money and so that's shark tank phrase and so the he he has the pga tour around 10 billion pre-money meaning that's before the saudis or ssg put in their seven combined so if they put in three and a half each that means they'd each get around 21 percent of the ownership leaving 58 for the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, and, and that, PGA Tour players. That makes more sense, right? Yes, it, it does. Because I was under like I was under the impression it was like going to be like 30-ish. Well, that's the way the, the Times article framed it. Yeah. So it, it, it does. And I mean, how they divvy up that 58%, I think is going to be very interesting. I think... Uh, down the line, because uh, I mean, the DP World Tour, their greatest assets, probably the Ryder Cup. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking the Enterprise is probably going to try to snag that from PJ of America. Well, that's that's <laughs> the thing, KP. Just get get locked and loaded. We'll get to we'll get to you here in a second. But, oh, but yeah. Mark, the thing the thing with this, we've we've heard the dollar amounts. We've heard what uh who might be players we don't really even know yet what they're valuing right so they discussed uh that the nuco this company that would be a for-profit entity would house quote the assets i guess they're figuring out what those assets are because that's that's how you figure out what this valuation is and 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 where do the tv contracts come into play and ticket sales and revenue from xyz and everything we we don't really even know what's going in to nuco <laughs> well if you listen to victor hovland he's like the assets of the players yeah. and they're being treated like slaves right now um in many respects it sort of smacks of the fact that back in the day when you know, money was valued by the gold standard. You know, there was a gold value to printed money. Well, that's kind of gone out the window now because people are printing money hand over fist. So you could make the value whatever you want it to be. But um, this I know for sure. SSG, fantastic. I wish Arthur Blank would use some of that money to find us a better coach in Atlanta for the Falcons. That would be awesome. Um, but I, I, still, they're going to get blown out of the water by the Saudis. If the Saudis decide to do what they're capable of doing, you still can't compete, whether you bring three billion or thirty-three billion. What's the, <laughs> what, what 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 fun do they have those studies over there? They could go bananas if they really wanted to. So so that's my take. I mean, you guys know more about the finances. You spend time reading this. I'm just going to keep my head down and call golf when I'm up there. But I, I I heard I agree with you, Patrick. This is a play to say we, you guys were holding. You thought you hold all or held all the leverage with Ram. 
no, we got a little summer over here. So when we sit down at the table, we're not going to be the pushovers that everyone's thinking we're going to be right now. That's there, right. There's definitely, I think, a lot of that in it, KP, right? It's it's punch, counter punch. Also, I think that um, you know, if you can get an investment, say it's three billion from SSG, three billion from the PIF, I think it makes it a little more tenable to people who say, okay, it's not, it's not the Saudis buying the PGA tour, it's part of a larger investment group, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's that side of things. There is, I mean, yeah, the right, I mean, there's just, it's how do these assets end up changing? Will they only show commercials moving forward? Are they going to expect a return on this money? How were they ever going to make this money back? I've got like, a yeah, lot. I got like a lot. Here. Yeah. Here, here we go. Those, those are the real questions because actually I've got a question for you, Rick. I just thought of this hypothetical. Would you rather own the four majors in the Ryder cup? Like you have, like you, you have, um, like you have a hundred percent equity in those enterprises and those entities or so the, the, that's I'm your almost, first. I'm almost always going to take option one, but I'm interested to hear what option that's two option is. one or whatever this ends up being what do you call it patrick uh the enterprise starship so it is the commercial operations of the pga tour live golf and the dp world tour okay so which of those would you rather own do i get to run it or do i i'm just a i just sit back and count my money one direction or the other uh no you're not running it you're just you just have ownership and other people are running both either of them then the the majors and the rider cup for sure. I, I, I think that that was my answer anyway, but I do think that, listen, I mean, there is obviously a lot of value in the TV contracts, everything, the PGA tour, the DP world tour. If you want to go the live route and uh, sell franchise, there is a ton of value in that. I just don't necessarily trust the people running any of that. So I'm going to say, I don't want to be a part of that. I'll take the four majors, which I, I know are always going to have value. The Ryder cup is always going to have value. And are seemingly immune from a lot of the crap going on around this. And not only immune, but all maybe like benefit from, right? Yes, sure. And so I think that's the right answer. It's the, it's the answer I would choose. And I guess my point in saying that is it's such a, like, I think we keep talking about like, oh, what's the value of professional golf? What's the value of professional golf or men's professional golf? We're not talking about the value of men's professional golf because you're excluding the most valuable, like, uh, part of all this right you're talking about like the second most valuable thing in men's professional golf which is like the regular season right it's the non-majors in Ryder cup and i just think like i get and i wrote about this in my uh yeah producer josh i think i wrote this in normal sport three it's like the nba not owning the nba finals and trying to just get you to care about the regular season you're like well what you know, like that. And so golf has some built in just weirdness to it. But I get I wrote about this in in my newsletter on uh, Saturday. I get very wary when I hear private equity from multiple sources going towards something that is niche and not like the top of the of the industry. Right, because like what is <laughs> is that is that a good thing for me as a fan? It feels like no. Now, you know, I saw uh, Dan Rappaport tweeted like, "Hey, money coming into our sport is always a good thing." Maybe, like, 
I, I guess like I, I under, I can understand like that viewpoint and like how, how you can get there. I just get wary about it, man. Like I, I don't, I don't know that this is all like a great thing. Now, I don't know that the PGA Tour has any other options at this point. So I'm not like, I'm not uh, saying that they should go in a different direction. I think they're hand, I think they're like, this is kind of it, but I, I it just, it doesn't excite me. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to get excited about here. Well, I just worry, Patrick, about, I, I mean, this is not a six or $7 billion donation. Um, you know, what, what does, what does this payback look like? What does, uh, are we going to be in a perpetual commercial? I, I agree. I saw Dan's tweet as well. And for the most part when, yeah, I, I'd be, oh, business is booming. This is great. You know, all this right, new money right. coming in. I, I think the fans have been catching consistent L's for two years and they will continue to con- catch L's. Everybody else might be fine. It might be great for everybody else. Fans are catching L's. I, th- I think the first order of business will be more on the cost side, however, trying to cut costs because what revenue based off that Sportico article is one nine. Yeah. And then the costs were like one eight. I, okay. I think it was like one six. All right, Patrick, one, you're, you're in charge. What's what's the first most obvious cut? Hey, uh, stay away from the salaries for the announcers for PGA Tour. <laughs> oh, Mark, those are going up. Way down the list. Come on. Yeah, Next question. Seriously. We're, seriously. Yeah, we're adding us three, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, first, that budget's being increased. <laughs> well, you got the legal cost. They bumped up $20 million. Uh, I don't want to touch on salary since I already offended a friend of a friend of a program today. Um, so they're out there. And I think you could look at, you know, some of these lower tier players, but I, I think I'm just going to, I was uh, leading you to that answer. I know I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch on this. You guys can touch on this if you want. Um, I, just, I do. You can go. I'll, Wait, I'll why are you not going to, I don't know. He's all of a sudden Patrick, the gunslinger is gun shy. I don't know, but he, here's <laughs> here. No, this is, this is not like my opinion, right? This, this is Patrick's absolutely right. That when, um, uh, when, or when, when private equity firms come in and they're going to want to cut costs, they are going to look at this and say, oh my gosh, there are tours that cost a ton to run that bring in almost zero revenue. And that's going to be the first place that they look. Now, that is not good for the growth and the future of the game. This is why when you have guys like Peter Malnati and you've got the 21 lower guys on the PGA Tour looking for transparency, they know that they're in a position where they're not holding a strong hand. And that's that's not that's not right, Mark. Like you need a system, uh, you need the corn fairy, you need these other tours, but from a financial standpoint, they don't make any money. Yeah. Well, look, you I had this conversation with a few folks who came and spent some time with us over the weekend. And and the one young man is very into the sport. Some he's he's kind of like you guys would be. I mean, he was I should hire him as my researcher because he was telling me more about corn ferry players than I knew. But, but the thing about all those tours that you say are likely to get the axe if this does indeed happen is they're just not driving numbers. I mean, the PGA Tour is broadcasting uh, Q-School finals this week, but they had the, the Golf Channel had cut the Corn Ferry Tour feed and the tour yeah. was producing the thing. So all of the big television, and that's I can speak from the television point of view, they're interested in the big events with the big players because that's where they can send the, sell the big dollar commercials. That's how the economy of it all works. But, you know, with love 
PGA Tour Latino America or PGA Tour China or the McKenzie Tour or the, even the Corn Ferry Tour. They are just really not that attractive. And your your point is your point is well founded. Founded. They are necessary because they're a feeder system, but it's very much like you know the minor leagues in baseball for argument's sake. Well, Correct. Yeah. So so it's. It's, I'm keen to see how the whole thing shakes out. I believe it's a necessary service, KP. Yeah, totally. But that is not how people who are going to pry through the the budget are, are going to look. You know, when you look at the United States Postal Service, how much money do they, quote, lose? Well, they're a service that is provided to citizens of the country, right? Like, so th they're going to go through this budget with a fine-tooth comb. The and, and when you're talking about, I can't believe we're talking about the USPS, but <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Those are my people out there. <laughs> I, love, I stand for the postal service. I love the postal service. Shout out to everyone at Law and Font Plaza. Come on. It's, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about, but uh, it's subsidized by, by other entities, right? Like that's how, that's how a lot of this works. I think, <laughs> and this is where it gets, um, you know, I think I think the reality is, and this is what I wrote about on Saturday in my newsletter, Rick, is like I think the tour experienced this weird boom in the Tiger era that everybody just presumes is going to continue because that's how businesses work. That's how large corporations work, is that the line is just always up and to the right. And the the truth is like maybe Patrick Cantley shouldn't be playing for $25 million. Right. And, and live has live has really blown that out of proportion to where there's no, there's no anchor to like, there's no stability there. Everything's just like very sort of, um, oversized. And so you've got this, you know, if Patrick Cantley shouldn't be playing for 25 million, then maybe, uh, you know, I'm trying to Scott Stalling shouldn't be playing for like 10 million. And, that is like, listen, easy for me to say, I'm not the one whose life that affects and whose job that affects or whatever, but like that might just be the reality is that your, your business is only supposed to be this big. Now we can talk about all the other stuff, teams and equity from that. There's a lot of different ways to generate revenue, but I just, I, I'm afraid that live has really like, like just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, disrupted all these numbers to the point that nobody knows like what reality should actually be. And maybe like those numbers should have shrunk a little bit in the post tiger area, or at least stayed the same. And instead they've like doubled and, and you removed this generational player who kind of made the numbers what they were to begin with. And I think that's where, you know, I, I, there, there could be some cost cutting that, that happens. I don't know if you can do it, like, I don't know if the players will stand for it. I don't even know what player, what power the players are going to have in a for-profit entity. The, well, the players, okay, that, that's a different subject. I will say this because I've known a lot of the players who were, who played in the Tiger era. And so they, they saw the boom, right? Because what was happening pre-Tiger to post-Tiger, it was mammoth. And it continued to grow to your observation. The reality is a lot of the mature ones back then kind of knew this thing was going to reach its boiling point which it now has, and Tiger's mm -hmm. sort of beyond his sell-by, although he still moves the numbers like we saw this weekend. For sure. So so there's that. But I'm completely with you. With this influx of money, the players have 
become too powerful almost if there's such a thing and they're like no we're not going to play if we don't get x and if the players decide they're not going to play or they're going to embargo an event or whatever the case might be i don't care how much money you got in there you don't have competition so 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 therein lies the conundrum for the leadership so I, I'm, I'm keen to see that how that whole sort of very narrow road is going to be navigated because we talk about the blue chips and stuff if they decide that's it we're not we're done then you've got a corn fairy tour that's being played on the PGA tour kind of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it, Mark's right real quick, Patrick, like in other sports, this works like you have two sides, you have negotiations for a, 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 a what's it called? What, what's the word I'm looking for, Rick? Equity. Oh, no, like a collective what, bargaining agreement. Yes. You have a, you have an agreement for a set period of time. And you just kind of roll by that in this instance. And this is where it gets Victor Hovland was talking about how like, well, management is, has been terrible. And I don't, I don't necessarily like disagree that the PJ tour is not, you know, their communication has been pretty bad. Like they've made a ton of missteps, but if the alternative is letting golfers run the business, like that's not better, you know, like it might sound better for them in the short run but it's not better for your for your business and for your product and for your fans in the long run so i i don't know i'm with you mark like i i don't know how they sort of break this power dynamic that's going on right now till we get to the you know the starship starship enterprise yeah it's kind of like you've got to have the, like the dot-com bubble burst you know but to me the toothpaste out of the tube now and you're not getting it back in you're just not getting it back in it's going to have to take a mindset where whoever it is, the players, the pack or someone like that just goes, all right, folks, we're going to settle down a little bit now. We're going to balance off the purses where they are because, look, we've lost a title sponsor of a big event just because the demand was so high for the purse for, for, for a signature event. That's a big deal. Yeah, that is a big deal. And so this is where the players got to go. Perhaps we just got to settle down a little bit with our demands here because not every single one of us is going to get a, few hundred million dollars just because we had a white ball around the place well that, that's what the piece of the pie is for that's what the equity is for but here's what i want to ask you though everyone's talking like john rom's going and he's got gonna have his own team and stuff let's be honest with you i'm out in the teams uh, are we really gonna go am i really gonna go buy a stinger's hoodie and a hat because, yeah. i mean look what you're wearing right now mark you might <laughs> Okay, well, bad example. No, but but I'm like, how much leverage and how much mon money is there actually in the stuff? Yes, you can project, but I'm th if I'm Mr. Titleist, I'm like, well, dang, I'm going to have the crushes. Big deal, man. I can just get Brasson. Why do I have to sponsor the team? Yes? I, I agree with that, but I, I meant like equity in the PGA Tour Enterprise, where right. these guys now have, you know, a reason to, you know, be more cost effective pretty much because it does affect their bottom line now because they're involved, they're stakeholders. Yeah. Okay. I, I wonder if we're, we'll ever have a player's union. I know they're, that's what, I know that's that these guys love their independence and their independent contractors, but there is kind of a reason why that works in other sports so that you don't, like you said, KP, I mean, you don't neg negotiating in a bubble. Uh, there is no negotiation. It's just, it's just, uh, it's craziness. And, and I think a, a union uh, and two sides that work together transparently to figure stuff out could be interesting. I think, yeah. I think, I think that's what it's trending toward, especially with the Starship. I can't even say it. Is it Starship Enterprise, Patrick? Enterprise Starship. Enterprise Star Trek. Star 
Come on. I, 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 uh, I was homeschooled. Um, yeah. I think that's what it's trending toward because you can't have, I don't think you're, well, I don't, I don't know, man. Like I, I don't know what the makeup of the organization is going to look like, but I presume it's not going to be member run anymore. Like this whole thing where they're going to have like, it, it, the the enterprise running both live and the pj tour and you'll still have members that like what the what, what are we, what are we doing like blow the whole thing up start it over from scratch make it make sense and let's move on you know i i, I think i think there's a real opportunity to uh to do that right now and i as messy as the road to get here has been i hope they take advantage of it Let's move on. That is what we will uh, use to go to our next break, but we still have uh, Victor Hovland. We still have a little bit of Tony Fino. We've got, we've got a couple more things to chat about, but first we're going to pay the bills. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back, obviously, with John Rahm joining Liv. There were questions about who he might take with him. Names were floated around. Tony Finau, Victor Hovland, Terrell Hatton, amongst others. Uh, well, Finau has posted on Instagram that he is, I guess at least for now, here to stay on the PGA Tour. We'll be teeing it up at the Century. And then Victor Hovland went on the four podcast in Norway and had some things to say about his view on the game of golf. This has been translated uh, from Norwegian, so it might not, you know, the words mean the same, but some of it seems pretty direct compared to what Victor usually sounds like. But uh, the quotes we're looking for here, I doubt it about if you will see him go to live golf. Um, he would go on to say here, Patrick, he wasn't really that shocked to see John Rahm leave. And he criticized the PGA Tour management. Um, he said, let's see here. There's a lot of different parts happening at the same time. Just to be clear, I'm not complaining about the position I'm in. I'm very grateful for everything, but the management has not done a good job. They almost see the players as labor and not as part of the members. After all, we are the PGA Tour. Without the players, there is nothing. Yeah, I think we all agree. Everything changed after June 6th and Jay Monahan pulling Trent Williams as the lead blocker and allowing these guys to accept the money after, you know, coming down from the moral high ground that, you know, slant he was doing for the past year. And so I think if you're a major champion that's been live golf's playbook, attack the recent major champions, it makes a ton of sense, right? You're in the last 20 or next 20. You probably think by that point, OWGR will come around or this deal with the PGA tour will come around and you're going to get OWGR points one way or another. So it makes sense for John Rom to go. I thought the Tony Finau smoke was very real. Uh, 
Victor was something, you know, I didn't really hear a lot of. And for him to kind of say no is great for the PGA Tour, considering that's their FedEx Cup champion. It would have been their player of the year and the FedEx Cup champion going over to live in a couple weeks. That would have been tough. Um, but, yeah, I, I think uh, I think Victor just, I mean, he made a lot of sense. Can, can we just admit for a minute that let's say Rom did get Finau and Hovland and Hatton on his team? that the whole live concept of team competition throughout the year would be a moot point because it wouldn't be competition at all. I mean, good, good golly. They're going to just dust everyone week in and week out. Hatton would, be, Hatton would be the best player in the league and the worst player on the team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I know for certain. Uh, well, because, look, for a, a long time, there were Ram overtures going on. We all knew about it. He's close with Sergio. They'd been working on him for a long time. But Ram appeared resolute he really did and if there's an individual who's got just enough of that screw you mindset ram was going to be the guy to tell live go away but when he didn't that to me showed that all bets are off man it is open season um it's it's like the ncaa transfer portal these guys there's no guarantee i don't care what they say on the instagram and they might play in the first few events there's money coming and there's big money coming so 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 right now whereas i was quite confident in the future for a while it's a little bleak right now to be honest with you from my point of view yeah Rick, I'm, I'm out of the i'm out of the prediction game kp I just, same yeah. my question for you is how <laughs> how bad do you have to be for victor hovland to be mad at you <laughs> very yeah <laughs> right very bad yeah that's a good point yeah, he would, he would say uh, – there's a couple more quotes here I didn't even get to. Like, when you get to see what happens behind closed doors, how the management actually make decisions which are not in the player's best interest but best for themselves and what they think is best, they are the businessmen who say that. Uh, there's a great deal of arrogance behind it all. Which, again, I, I mentioned this earlier. I, I don't – I agree I, – I don't disagree with Hovland in the micro sense. Like, I don't think the tour has – been i don't know that anybody thinks the tour has been great over the last two years however however i don't like I, I disagree with him in the macro sense in that i don't want athletes also being executives right like that's the way the pga tour is structured but i don't think it should be structured that way right i think i agree i think that they, they should have represent Rep representation and i guess the argument would be well the representation is tiger and cantlay and spieth and these guys who are on the board but i, I at this point i'm not what does the board have any power i mean if jay can just go i don't even know who who's in control of anything dude they unanimously voted for the ssg and to advance conversations with the saudi public investment fund you didn't get that uh press release rick you think they said press releases <laughs> <laughs> I can I want to toss this at you and get your take. I've said this for a long, long time. I have the suspicion that Live will be a global tour, the international tour, and the PGA tour will be made up of basically Americans. And that's what it's going to be in the future if it continues to shake out this way. Because the international folks, they've got to move over here, they uproot, they basically move away from their culture because the PGA tour was the place you wanted to be. It's why I moved to the United States. But heck, if I could live in South Africa, you know, travel to a few international countries a year and make millions of dollars. I'd do that in the blink of an eye. That's what John Rahm's saying about growing the game in 
in in Spain, as much as much as what that sounds a bit asinine, he will be more in touch with his fans because he'll probably spend a bit more time over there. More that being said, I don't know with his wife Kelly, but but that's what it's going to be to me. I think Liv will be international. Um, if you if we have this conversation in a few years' time, I really do. It, the PGA Tour will be Americans and Rory. <laughs> uh, Are you sure about Rory? What? Huh? Are you sure about Rory? Yeah. I mean, as far as I know. Well, I am. I mean, the guy's got hundreds of millions of dollars anyway. But right now, remember, these guys are all alpha males. And when they walk in a room, it's like someone's got to be the best or the smartest. And they compare by resume and bank accounts. And right now, Rom seems to be the alpha. Scotty doesn't care. Scotty's like, I got enough money and majors and stuff. Um, Rory, Rory kind of likes to be the alpha guy too. Sounds like a bunch of guys who went to Duke. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think, I mean, what, what Mark is essentially describing is the European tour PGA tour dynamic of the 1980s, yeah. right. Or the 19 early 1990s, I guess. And well, I think that Wisdom and Faldo and Seve and Langer and the, the, all of all those European studs playing over there. Yep. And I, I think the difference now is that, well, I don't one travels easier and so there's not this sort of difficulty in playing for like the top tour with the most money and you could see a disparity in how much money is paid out if more and more guys go to like toward live then then the pga tour would start to have to reduce its purses and you would i just don't know that you're ever going to have like that separation you know because i don't think that like I said, I don't travel is just not as much of an issue now as it was in the 1970s or 80s. It's not as difficult to kind of get to different places, especially if that much money is is being paid. Okay. Well, I'm sure by this time next, hopefully, can these guys keep, you know, without breaking news until like the 26th? That'd be that'd be really great if we could do that. Uh Patrick, go on the record and tell us that when we when we see when we see Tiger Woods in January or February or whatever, what apparel is he wearing? Ooh, saving the biggest question for last. Uh, I think the uh, the tailor-made TW line is probably coming out here soon, right? Yeah. He owns – Tiger owns like the TW trademark, yeah, right? Yeah. So you slap that on anything – Nobody can. Yeah, the the tailor made, which I guess used to be. Is it still Adidas? Wasn't that the? It got bought. Uh, the the I don't know. I think some probably the same private equity that's trying to get in golf but owns it now. So he's not wearing Travis Matthew with you, is he, uh, Rick? I hope not, because uh, they don't make a red enough shirts. All all their shirt is kind of like an off red color. They need real red. Yeah. They should just turn the M upside down. Maybe that's what Taylor made will do. T M T W. There you go. Mm -hmm. Easy game. If they make room for Tiger, they're definitely kicking me out. So hopefully Tiger stays stays away. I uh, thought uh, I thought Grayson would be a pretty uh, it would make sense, but it does. I, I'm with you. It does seem like Taylor made. It just doesn't make sense to not. Well, the Taylor made stuff is so easy, but also it's like j just have the Tiger Woods brand, right? Like you don't. I don't even. He, he can do anything he wants, right? He's he has the money. Yeah, he, has yeah, resources. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. need a apparel company. He can start an apparel company tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I just, I just, I don't. I, I think I'm into like Tiger's apparel because it's Nike. I don't know that I'm into it because it's Tiger. That's like a half-baked thought. Like if LeBron started his own shoe company, 
maybe i guess i don't know well michael jordan did it pretty well because his line is now jordan it's not nike jordan yeah I, but it's, i think target gets anything he could buy his own company i mean the guy's got how much and, and he'd probably blow every apparel company out of the water if he just markets that thing what right. if yeah jordan's still it's, affiliated it's still, with him yeah are they still under nike well, no, what? they're separate. Mark's right; they're separate. But there's, the, it was very, it was very much like a. It would be like if Tiger just broke off into like Tiger Woods, yeah, but as swoosh on the stuff, yeah. like part of night, yeah, like just replace the swoosh with TW or whatever. I think it's yeah, tailor made, but it'll just be the TW logo, and they'll make about a bajillion dollars, and everybody will be happy. I wonder if he'll make his own shoes. That'll be interesting. There's been a lot of shoe talk lately with Tiger Woods. Well, it's amazing, isn't it? Because he's been wearing foot joy ever since the accident. Nike didn't say a word. So obviously they were like, no, we've laid, we've invested enough money in this stuff. We don't want to do that right now. That's incredible. It is incredible. <laughs> it is incredible. So for that to be the line, which is like, okay, the, the thing that everyone is going to care about is what he is wearing on his shoes and they're going to show it a billion times. We're either incapable of or unwilling to make a shoe. They should just buy foot joy. <laughs> Tiger could buy foot joy with his, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, with his couch cushion change. <laughs> There's Tiger with a big foot joy logo in his collar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Just, just bring a lot of mock mock turtlenecks back and we'll fly that, off the shelves. Isn't that going to be weird, though? Not seeing, I mean, like, that's going to be jarring. It, I don't think like, it's going to be as jarring as you think it is. I really? think it's, I think it's going to be the same exact, like, he's going to wear the same colors, right? Which... It's just not going to, instead of a Nike swoosh, it's just going to be the TW logo in white. I don't think it's going to be as, as well, well, Kyle, unless I'm crazy, because I don't know the ins and outs of his deal. But if you see Tiger at Thursday, on Thursday, Fridays at PGA Tour events, he didn't ever have the swoosh on him. It was always his logo. And then the swoosh came over the weekends. Uh, are you talking about hat or shirt? Everything. Mm -hmm. no, yeah, I think he shoes. always, I think he always had swoosh on his shirt. On the weekends, he did not on Thursday, Friday. He uh, really? at, at majors, he wears the swoosh, and then PJ Tour events, he gets the TW on the hat. I, I, I love. I've never noticed that, and I love that that was in that was a negotiation at some point. Yeah. Well, we'll give you. We'll give you. Okay, at Masters, we'll give you swooshes all four days. PGA Tour events, I'm going T Dub. I I love. I love that someone that many people probably sat down and discussed that. Mm, oh yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. Well, well, you've seen that Jordan flick about uh, how his mom negotiated the royalties on the shoes, right? Now that worked out for him. Yeah, that worked out. Yeah, pretty well. That's pretty sick. All right. We will be back on Wednesday, Patrick. And you will be putting that trophy emoji on the line. The official... Trivia competition will happen Wednesday. Are you nervous? Yeah, I am. I, I've got an ice machine cooking behind me. Hopefully no one can hear it. Um, yeah, I'm pretty nervous, especially after Kyle and I kind of went, you know, Watson, Nicholas, Turnberry back there uh, a couple weeks ago in the final did, round. Did we? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, we did. Back and we forth, did. Back and forth. I still I don't hear know. Emiliano Grillo in my sleep. Mark, um, Mark might not have seen that. We did. We had to do one. T uh, was it one-time major winners? No, we did that. That was previous. Uh, Runner-up 
in majors since 2000. Major rushers. Oh, gee, what is that? We went. You guys are Jeep fans. We went like 50 deep. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, but nobody remembers the second place guy. I mean, how do you how do you guys know this stuff? They do. I have a lot of Wikipedia. Uh, yeah. I, I got another. You don't want to know, Mark. You do not want to know what's going on inside this brain. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely nervous. But people forget, you know, who won the Open following Watson's Open, Jack Nicholas. So hopefully that happens uh, this time around. Okay, we'll see yeah. you guys. I, I still. I've been, I've been reading Wikipedia. If you can't tell, I still got to come up with the questions. So uh, don't get too deep in there. All right. Uh, big thanks, producer Josh. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Mark Immelman, very festive at Mark underscore Immelman. Patrick McDonald at P McDonald. CBS <laughs> does not roll off the tongue. Kyle Porter, Kyle Porter, CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.